This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served. The devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he'd come from God, that he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes on and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Inexplicably to me, somehow we have um, skipped a big part of our gospel reading. And I want to read the part that we skipped over that wasn't in our bulletin. Um, When Jesus got down, tied a towel around him, uh, he came to Simon Peter. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? Jesus said, you do not know what I'm doing, but later you're going to understand. And Peter said to him, you're never going to wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, then Lord, then not just my feet only, but my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, one who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For Jesus knew who was to betray him. And for this reason, he said, not all of you are unclean. That last little phrase is the one that I want to let sit there tonight. Um, Jesus knew who was going to betray him. And for this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. I've tried to make a habit of not contradicting Jesus. If in fact he actually said this. Uh, And I've tried hard not to disagree with scripture. In this case, it's actually John who did that last little part. But not all of you are clean. None of them are clean. None of them. 
On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathers his disciples in an upper room and he shares with them a meal. It's a great image. Uh, Jesus' dearest friends, his most trusted followers, his beloved disciples. It's an ultimate fellowship, a kind of uh, religious communal meal, ancient Passover liturgy. It's as tight and beautiful and wonderful and intimate as it gets. And frankly, a lot of that you already envision in your head. We can't hardly think about this night without thinking of da Vinci's image of these 12 guys sitting on one side of the table. Table for 24, please. There's only 12 of us, but we want to sit on one side of the table. Everybody wants to get in the picture. Come on over here on this side of the table. Where did you get the idea that it was just those 12? Just those 12 true believers. Where are the rest of them? Where are the women and the children? This is Passover. They're all part of that. They have lines in the actual Haggadah litany. Are you sure there aren't any Gentiles there? I've gone to a lot of Passover meals. And how do, how do you actually know that maybe like Joseph of Arimathea or maybe Zacchaeus are not there? For all we know, they're picking up the tab for the night. Luke tells us in his account that just as they were seated, Jesus drops this big bombshell on them. Everybody sit down. We're having a big family gathering. And he says, one of you is going to betray me. Widespread shock all around the table. Who among Jesus' closest friends would do something like that? Behold, says Jesus, the hand of the one who's going to betray me is on the table right now. And everybody's hands get lifted up. Who could do something like this. A few minutes later, Jesus will get up from the table. He'll wrap a towel around his waist. He'll fill a basin. He'll get down on his hands and knees. He'll wash all of their feet, more than 12, not just the 12 guys in charge. Old Peter, oh no, not mine. Uh 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 uh. You're not going to wash my feet unless I wash you. You're not having to share with me. Hands still high above the table for Peter. Well, then wash my hands too and my, and my head. Same guy who a couple of days ago said, I'm never, ever going to betray you, Lord. And they get up from that table, all of them. And they go out into the darkness and a mob forms and swords are drawn and every last one of them flees. As Jesus is led away, all those just washed feet run in the other direction. Now look, we know this story. We've gathered tonight to have dinner with Jesus. We know the story. That's why we're here. And we know the gap between our religious declarations and our actions. We know that what it's like to make promises when we're at church, but then let go of them when the going gets a little tough. We mean to live up to our commitments, we do, but then in the darkness and when the swords are drawn and when there's a price to be paid, you know, um, now that you mention it, I, I don't really, really know him. Seriously, Jesus, not all of you are clean. How'd you like to point out for me which ones are the clean ones? When I was confirmation age, which was a long time ago, conservative Lutheran tradition, the pastor would give this little speech before we came to communion. We only had communion four times a year. Eventually, we got to once a month, big step for everybody. Whether we needed it or not, we did it once a month. 
And one of those four times a year was always tonight. It was always Monday, Thursday. It left quite an impression on me as an adolescent. The speech went something like this. It is my pastoral duty to warn you that if there are any adulterers or fornicators, if there are any liars or thieves, or you don't believe the right way about communion, if you partake of this holy meal unworthily, you risk your damnation. And then we'd all prance up to the altar rail worthily receiving the sacrament. We know this story. Watch us here in the church. And hey, we're all here on a Thursday night, no less. We get gold stars for that. We're saying our prayers, eating and drinking with Jesus. If you didn't know us really well, you'd think that we were like, good. But scratch any one of us below the surface, there's some dark betrayal stuff there. I'm quite certain that Judas was not the only unclean person there, that he wasn't the only person who was supping unworthily that night, and I, for one, am really glad that John remembered that Judas was actually there. How else would I know that there's room for me? Let me stay on the Judas thing for just a minute. After listening to this amazing message from Jesus about loving one another, And then after Jesus acted it out, the Messiah, the Master, washing their feet. Have you ever wondered why none of them got up and went after Judas? Did no one fear for him? Did no one miss him? Did no one try, even after the soldiers left and took Jesus away, did no one try to talk him out of his shame and and out of his anger? Did anyone try to love Judas as Jesus loved them? We know know this story so well, them and us, insiders and outsiders, good guys, bad guys, clean and unclean. We really are something, we human beings. And none of us are clean. In the culture of Jesus, eating together signified a kind of intimacy. To, to eat with people was to share their life, and it was to allow them to share yours. And it was holy. It was holy to share a meal, and it still is. That we gather around a table, and that we share a meal every time we gather, is a statement that there is no them in us. The Pharisees, who were committed to the highest religious standards of ritual purity, would never eat with people who were unclean. They were too right, they were too good, they were too clean for that, and they expected everyone to do exactly as they did. And so they shunned and they labeled and they kept a distance and they wounded those who did not agree, even Jesus. Ask a Pharisee why the world's going to hell in a handbasket And I guarantee you that they will say whose fault it is. It's those unclean people. A number of years ago, someone asked me, and I think in a a pretty traumatic time in their life, Pastor, did, did they ever get it right? Did the disciples ever get it? I said, what do you mean? And, and, and he says, well, did they get the point? Did they ever really understand Jesus? And I know what they wanted me to say. Because they wanted to get it right. They wanted to get the point. And I said, no, they did not. 
They never got the point. They were never spiritually discerning. They were never religiously wise. They were fools. They were cowards. They were finger-pointing fakes. They never loved others the way Jesus loved them or even as they loved themselves. But that's not the story. The story is that we love Jesus for loving them, for sharing a last meal with them when he knew that they would betray him, for pouring out his life for them, for promising them a kingdom, for reserving a place for them in God's house and a place at God's table for taking on all the hate and all the fear and all the anger and all the alienation and for loving them. I mean, us, for loving us. Remember that as you come to the table, that it's never you coming to the table. It's always us. Remember that one of the charges against our Lord Jesus was that this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Thank God he still does. Amen.